bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. We're glad you can join us. I'm Paul Dragu. The man in charge of America's borders, over which thousands of people cross unimpeded daily, may finally face impeachment. We'll be looking at that. And we'll be discussing the latest edition of the New Americans Freedom Index with John Burr Society researcher Peter Rykowski and TNA's Gary Benoit. But first, the citizen journalists on X and other dissident platforms are having a field day with the latest Epstein-related document release. Yesterday, a judge unsealed the names of dozens of people who appear in testimony or depositions connected to a lawsuit filed by Jeffrey Epstein accuser Virginia Jufri. This was supposed to happen on Tuesday, but there was a delay, which prompted rumors that the entire thing would be put off for weeks. Clearly, that wasn't the case. Jufri filed a defamation suit against Ghislaine Maxwell, who's been sentenced to 20 years in prison for recruiting and grooming underage girls to be raped by Epstein. Jufri accused Epstein and Maxwell of trafficking her to powerful people, including Prince Andrew in the early 2000s when she was a teenager. In 2022, Prince Andrew settled a lawsuit with Jufri. Jufri also said that she was told to have sex with former Senate Majority Leader George Mitchell, billionaire hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin, and then Governor of New Mexico Bill Richardson. All three have denied the allegations. Now, perhaps the biggest names on Wednesday's list, although old news, are former presidents Donald Trump and Bill Clinton. According to reporting from Newsweek, Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort is mentioned 13 times. This included an interview with Maxwell during which she said that she was pretty sure she had visited Mar-a-Lago, but denied being a member of the resort. The documents also say that Jufri worked as a locker room attendant for the spa area at Mar-a-Lago in 2000. Now, there's no mention of illegal sexual activity on the part of Trump. In fact, one of the witnesses in the documents said she never seen Trump on Epstein's island. As for Clinton, the document cites a witness who said that Epstein told her the 90s era president liked his girls young. Presidential logs show that Epstein had visited the White House several times, and Bill Clinton also flew on Epstein's private jet, making trips to Europe, Asia, and Africa in 2002 and 2003. Jeffrey also says she slept with billionaire Tom Pritzker, who is the executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels. The Pritzker family is worth more than $32 billion, according to Forbes. Tom Pritzker is also a member of the Aspen Strategy Group, a project of the left-leaning Aspen Institute, an organization that has pushed for online censorship to combat misinformation and disinformation on social media. And speaking of suppressed information, well-researched reports, including those from reputable investigative reporter Whitney Webb, suggest that Epstein was an intelligence agent, possibly Mossad or CIA, and he recorded the sexual encounters that involved powerful people with underage girls to use for blackmail or bribery. Now, over the years, Epstein's name has become synonymous with this evil act of pedophilia, but it's likely he's the tiny tip of an iceberg that beneath the surface is far more pervasive, convoluted, and even darker than most people realize. After its 2015 release, the popular movie Spotlight shined a light on systemic pedophilia among Catholic clergy. And over the years, numerous people in the movie business have been convicted of pedophilia, including Brian Peck, who served 16 months in prison for raping a Nickelodeon child star. Peck was charged with eight counts of sexual abuse. Victor Salva served 15 months in prison in the late 80s for raping a 12-year-old on the set of the movie Clown House. 
And former vice president of Disney, Michael Laney, was sentenced in 2019 to more than six years in prison following a child sex abuse investigation. Did you get that? The former vice president of Disney, the most popular brand for children. Before passing in 2021, Robert David Steele was a former CIA agent and chief counsel for the organization International Tribunal for Natural Disaster. Here he is in 2018 talking about human trafficking, a scourge, he says, that spans the globe. I have been a spy. I'm out from undercover. Now that we've had Pizzagate, for example, which opened people's minds, we have people in the United States of America that breed children in order to sell them. And when they are sold, they come without birth certificates, which means it's easier to kill them and have no one ask where they are. We're also importing children by the plane load. Again, children who have no documentation. It's not just child slavery or child sex abuse. It's also child torture because you have adrenalized blood. You, you have the, the whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. All of the child services agencies across the United States of America, they did not start out as organizations to prey on children, but they attract pedophiles. And ultimately pedophiles end up rising in the ranks and controlling those organizations. So that an organization that initially started out in the service of children becomes an organization that is in fact hunting children. Steele also wrote the foreword to book one of a series called Pedophilia and Empire, Satan, Sodomy and the Deep State. What he said in it is astounding. He said, although I have been a spy for my country, a clandestine operations officer or case officer for the Central Intelligence Agency, and I'm very familiar with blackmail, bribery, and the assorted perversions that common at all levels of society from the wealthiest elite to the basest rogues in the gutters and slums, it was not until recently that I've realized that every aspect of our government, economy, and society is controlled by a satanic elite using a deep state construct to manage all people, all corporations, all property, all land, and even all social conventions, including the legalization of homosexuality and, had Hillary Clinton been elected, the legalization of bestiality and pedophilia. So join me to discuss today's stories with Executive Senior Editor of the New American, Steve Bonta. Hi, Steve. Hello, Paul. What do you make of all this, Steve? Oh, <laughs> we have six hours? <laughs> <laughs> I understand you've done some research into this, especially the occult, satanic aspect of things. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're on this planet long enough, you, 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 know, you can't help but see this and understand uh, how pervasive it is. Uh, years ago, as a graduate student, you know, more than 20 years ago, I did my field research in the nation of Sri Lanka, which at the time was well known for being a site for child, uh, child trafficking and this kind of thing. Uh, and in fact, I remember flying to Colombo for the first time on a KLM, which is Dutch National Airlines flight. It was full of like fat old men most of whom were probably pedophiles on the way to Sri Lanka to mm. partake of the forbidden delights there from their point of view. And when I was there, I was one time approached. I was walking alone at night um, and the, you know, by the sea in the city of Colombo, and this man stepped out of the shadows and asked me point blank. He said, are you looking for a small boy? And I just raised my head and said, get out of here, you devil, or I'm going to kill you. And, uh, and he, he, he went to pull a knife and... Uh, 
I'm not. Yeah, I'm actually a, a policeman and so forth. And I said, okay, see that police? police let's, go, let's go over there together and talk to them. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And he took off at that point. And I, I remember the impression of, of extreme darkness, you know, dealing with a person like that. It's one of the few times in my life that I can literally say I looked evil in the face. So, um, you know, I mean, this is one of those things that has always been a reality in the human condition. And it's also an uncomfortable fact for many that the moment you step outside of the constraints of Western Judeo-Christian civilization, you find it literally everywhere, and in many cases sacralized and turned into aspects of religion, obviously child sacrifice uh, until fairly recently was you know, part of of Hinduism, it's still practiced occasionally. You you read in the press in India of children being sacrificed in remote locales to the goddess Kali or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's illegal now, but it still happens from time to time. Obviously, the abuse of children, uh, so-called catamites, for example, were uh, which is teenage prostitutes, were part of and parcel of you know what, what of, of ancient you know Greco-Roman society, and on and on and on. So, you know, I mean. What we're see, what we've seen with the with with what's been revealed, and I, I would say that what we've seen is comparatively little of of the reality. But the, but the Epstein case, Epstein case, I'm not sure how his name is pronounced, um, is a very rare instance of the dark veil that separates the civilized among uh-huh. us, hopefully but, including from 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 this from this other world that goes on. I mean, you know, and and I think if we could fully see the realities of of our society and how 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 per- pervasive this stuff is we would probably all be shocked we're going to continue this conversation after this remember when the only uncertainty in the news was the weather forecast and you could depend on your local newspaper to bring you the news with only a hint of bias nowadays there's a deluge of news outlets striving for your attention but surprisingly all the narrative is from one direction At The New American, we hold fast to the timeless truths of our founders and provide a refuge of honest reporting. Visit thenewamerican.com today and get 25% off your subscription. Folks, for more non-propaganda news and in-depth analysis from The New American Magazine, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. The New American Magazine has been telling the truth and accurately projecting policy and cultural trends since 1985. We are the official magazine of the John Birch Society, which was founded in 1958 to stop the New World Order. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than The New American. You get a subscription online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then hit subscribe on the drop down. If you prefer, you can call for a subscription. 1-800-727-8783, Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800-727-8783. All right, folks, we're back. And we're going to continue our conversation about Epstein and the pedophilia trend that seems to be common in many circles. So you had mentioned, I found something interesting last segment that you said, Steve, that, you know, when you take the constraints away of Judeo-Christendom, uh, this is kind of what you you see and what happens. You had a very interesting story in Sri Lanka um, that is indeed uh, I've never been approached like that, whatnot. So uh, I don't know what it's like to see, to w- look at evil in the eye, like you said. But 
I think what this is all pointing to is despite the fact that we think that maybe this is something that happens in Sri Lanka, Eastern Europe is big for trafficking, of course. Thailand. Asia, mm-hmm. yes. Um, this seems to be very, nor- or it, it, there's indications that this happens among the elite. And as we pointed out in our introduction there, there are instances where it happens among the elite in various circles. We talked about Hollywood. We obviously see people in in financial power circles, in politics. How deep do you think this rabbit hole goes? Because there are some who are watching and there's lots of internet chatter. And I think there's, for good reason, they're saying this is like like uh, Rob, like uh, C- former CIA agent Steele said, is like this is very common. What do you make of what he said? He said that the, the government's run by uh, satanic elites. That's insane. Is that something we could take seriously? Well, I mean, I stumped you, huh? No, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking how to parse my response because evidence is important. Okay, so what I may privately think about the extent of the, this, this sort of thing mm-hmm. um, it may, you know, may or may not yeah. comport with, with reality. However, I, all, I do know something about human nature uh, and about the legal system. For one thing, it is often very hard to prove some of these crimes that have been alleged. For example, during the, uh, the, the concern in the 1980s, the so-called satanic panic, there were mm-hmm. the, all these widespread allegations. Some of them were aired by Geraldo Rivera and others claiming that, you know, that the, 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 the ritualized abuse of children, even the deliberate conception and birthing of children to be used for, 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 for unspeakable things, you know, pedophilia, sacrifice, all this stuff, is, goes on in a fairly widespread way in this, this, this satanic underground. But proving it is, is, is very difficult. Yes. So I, I think it, it's important not to be carried away by transports of hysteria. But I do know that people are, you know, people are probably literally capable of anything that you could, you could imagine for good or for evil. That, that is part of our, of, of our God-given human nature, mm-hmm. right? And likewise, I mean, people who are so-called satanic or Satanist come in many different forms. Yeah, tell it, us it, about that. Well, well so, so it, it's temp- a lot of people in the popular mind, this idea that Satanist e- equals devil worshiper is probably not strictly true, particularly among a majority of Satanists who are relatively public you know, who are, are on, on YouTube or run blogs or, or start organizations, you know, like Lucian Greaves and his Satanic Temple and, and so forth and so on, um, will, will, will say, or at least will profess, they don't even believe in Satan or God, that they are actually militant atheists, and what they've come up with is a sort of semi-sacralized version of sort He's of— He's a symbol to the— a Well, a sort people. of semi-sacralized version of an extreme, uh, maybe radically individualistic or even libertarian-esque— yeah, uh, philosophy. Like he was a first right? free thinker. That's kind that, of that kind. Of, well, sure. And so, 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 th- so there's that. And 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 they will say we don't worship the devil. Um, others and others, for example, the, you know, the Church of Satan and Anton Lavey is, are very well known, and the, the Satanic Bible and all of this. And it does have, you, you know, an, an ethical structure of sorts, or at least it professes to do so. Now, obviously, people are also capable of prevarication and dissembling. So, so what that needs to be borne in mind, particularly people you know, who, maybe believe, who maybe believe that satanic principles are, are paramount, may not be the most reliable witnesses. Mm. But they say and have written, well, you know, we do not harm children. We do not harm, uh, you know, maybe that for them it's about indulgence. Yeah. And violating moral law, but only among consenting adults and things of that nature. And then, in addition to that, there are people who do worship Satan, 
who are literal devil worshipers, who believe in propitiatory sac- human sacrifice, blood sacrifice, all this type of thing that, that's mentioned. That, that is certainly a reality. The question is, are those people typical of what you see among these, these nihilistic, amoral, high-level billionaires and, and politicians, or is what they believe more along the lines of, you know, well, there is no God, there is no morality, man is a law unto himself, yeah. and so forth. And uh, I mean, I, I just don't know. But, uh, but th- this kind of thing, I mean, all of these strands of thought and belief, such as they are, of course, are radical departures from the Judeo-Christian belief system, right? Yeah. Um, by repudiating God and Christ, first and foremost, and right in its heels, most of the moral system that comes with with that okay so it you know in in the aggregate i would i would argue that all forms of satanism whether or not they're as pernicious as you know what, what we talk about here whether or not they involve harming children are all you know very very harmful to to western represent a gigantic step backwards from the progress of, of western yeah. civilization and in the long run you know anyone who's you know people who say I am atheist. I don't believe in traditional morality. Of course, I'm not going to go out and harm innocent people, but I don't believe these things. As you, you know, cr- certainly create an environment, a mo- an amoral climate, where people who are disposed, perhaps predisposed yeah. in one way or another, to do these sorts of things are enabled. And I think that possibly Jeffrey Epstein and his, his group was one such. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that they necessarily bl- burned black candles or, or did any of those types of things. Yeah. Probably they believed in nothing higher yeah. than themselves and then self-gratification. Probably believed also that the only way to their version of secular salvation was to promote, you know, the, the sensualization of, of, of young girls and everything else. A lot of, you know, these yeah. pedophiles, that's how, they, that's how they justify it. You know, sexuality is healthy and on and on and on. But all of this amounts to very sophisticated rationales for denial and repudiation of Judeo-Christian belief and morality. I, I don't. I don't think that it's a coincidence that we are seeing, you know, pa- out of sub rosa, we are seeing beneath the surface, we are seeing in society an attack on children like we've never seen before. Especially, specifically, obviously, with the trans movement. The trans movement is an attack on children, especially the fact that you know legislatures are having to fight to protect them because they want to mutilate these kids and in essence what they want to do is obviously destroy them that's going to do more than physically mutilate them. well and, and that's that's fairly easy to explain there is a devil as surely as there is a god and just as god and jesus christ delight in children and the innocence thereof mm-hmm. the devil of course his, one of his primary goals is to destroy and deflower innocence wherever right. he can do so. Well, there, you remember when Jesus, I mean, in the Bible, Jesus says that, you know, whoever hurts one of these little ones, they might as well put a millstone around their neck. Precisely. And, and, and you know, going that, I guess we're going to get all faith-based here, but it's, well, it's true because there, there is, I agree, there is a devil. Because you can see there's evil. There's no way you can deny that. And there's no way that you can deny that the opposite is true and that's goodness. But there is. Well, a, the, here, here's the point, though, Paul. You can deny if, 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 if you stay in the idea, say, well, prove to me that there is, is or is not a God. Well, that, that's not the issue. People out there who say there is no God or there is no morality or they believe this or that are ultimately making a statement of faith, something that a conviction or lack of that they've come to on the basis of, you know, whatever their gut instincts are. And the only way to counter that 
is by an affirmation. And the affirmation, you know, that we affirm, now we don't do it in a sectarian way because, of course, you know, you and I belong to different faith traditions and the members of our organization and Americans in general, but we do are united in the affirmation of the reality of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in, and in the core Judeo-Christian precepts that form the moral underpinnings of our entire civilization. Those things we affirm as basically, as they would say, bonum and say, we don't need to justify them. They yeah. simply are, just as the Ten Commandments are. Okay, And so trying to rationalize those things or to use reason to debate people who have just basically rejected these things um, is, is, is pointless. So again, rejection needs to be met with affirmation. Yes. Thank you, Steve. I mean, we're going to obviously continue to look into this uh, as it uh, develops. I think we can all agree there's more to this than obviously you get from the mainstream media and that we get at all because there's plenty of secrecy behind it. Thank you. Coming up, is DHS Secretary Mayorkas finally going to be impeached? Sophia paused before the door. It read, Department of Biodigital Convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep, and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past and endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's issue of The New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this polished collector's edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. So Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas may face impeachment for flinging the doors of America's southern border wide open. Millions of migrants from all over the world, many of them fighting age men, have poured unimpeded across the southern border 
and released into American society. Last month, Border Patrol agents encountered a record number of migrants again. And that's just it. The numbers are astoundingly high with records being broken regularly. Yet Mayorkas for three years has brazenly denied that anything is wrong. MSNBC recently pressed him on the issue and he was quick to frame it as a global problem. He linked it to just about everything aside from his own subversive policies. Listen. Border Patrol in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally than any month in the history of that agency. Why is that happening? What, how do you explain it? So we are seeing the greatest number of displaced people, not only at our southern border, not only in the Western Hemisphere, but across the globe. You know, I am involved in bilateral and multilateral meetings with my counterparts from foreign countries in Europe, uh, in Asia, in the Indo-Pacific, all over the world. And migration, the challenge of displaced people, is a subject that comes up in every single conversation. We have the effects of climate change, poverty, increasing level of authoritarianism, the very many challenges that are at the root cause of the displacement of people around the world. There you go. Climate change strikes again. Meanwhile, the American people are increasingly wising up to the cognitive dissonance and outright lying that Mayorkas and the Biden administration are serving up. The same administration willing to impose draconian controls on its own citizens during the COVID pandemic was curiously indifferent to the possibility of the risk posed by untrammeled invasion from every part of the world. And even as Mayorkas Department of Homeland Security in concert with the misnamed Justice Department continues to whip up hysteria about the supposed dangers posed by right-wing domestic terrorists, they turn a blind eye to potential terrorists from the Middle East and elsewhere waltzing into the U.S. from Mexico. For this, Mayorkas has repeatedly faced calls for impeachment, but the House GOP has resisted until now. On January 10th, the House will hold a hearing to explore whether Mayorkas deserves impeachment. New House Speaker Mike Johnson supports the hearing, but in the end, it may just be more eyewash for the masses. Is it? Is it, Steve? Are they filing? What's it going to take to get this guy? Yesterday, uh, Speaker Johnson took 60 congressmen, as you may know, to the border. They, do. they visited. And uh, there's video of him. He was while- all sanitized. Yes, they, 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 they got a lot of those encampments cleaned up in the last Not few necessarily. Days. Apparently, there were like migrants on the other side yelling for help. I guess, you know, you could hear them. Ayudas, ayudas. So they still had, there's clips of that. I, th- I know that Daily Wire got it and whatnot. So they obviously they didn't sanitize it enough. But it's like, clearly, uh, it's happening. The question is, is it is it intentional? I think we all agree it's intentional. But like we talked, there's, where's the proof? How do you prove that? Well, it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's clearly intentional. There have been enough admissions against interest on the part of the people who are enabling this, this whole crisis to, to show that. The, the issue becomes, is it actionable? You know, is it, for example, treason? And actually... Because if turns, you could prove it, then you could say it's treason. No, right? I, I, you, actually you can't, because treason is the only crime that is, that is, in fact, defined by the Constitution. And the definition is, it, it's a pretty high bar. So it, it consists of waging war against the United States and aiding you know, the enemies of the U.S., giving them aid and comfort and so forth. And this is the reason that there have been very, very few people ever put on trial for actual treason. Mm. Even Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, 
who were ultimately excommu- commu- Ex- uh, excommunicated, Ex- executed, executed for for giving away the secrets of the of the H bomb to the Soviet Union were tried and convicted on espionage charges. So so the bar for proving actual treason is very high. There's no question that it is incredibly disloyal because it, it, that, it's, that it's acting against the best interests of the people of the United States in a, in a, in a degree of perniciousness that we've probably never seen before in it's the history so of the blatant. Republic. Yeah, it it's is. absolutely blatant what, what is being done. But as for any legal recourse, it's not clear even were Maynorcus, as I like to call him, um, successfully impeached and even perhaps convicted of impeachment charges by the Senate, which is exceedingly unlikely that that, that, that latter scenario would happen. But even if it were, it's not clear on what charges he could actually be bought, brought to trial. An impeached official can't be charged until they're removed from office. Mm. Then, only then, can court proceedings, you know, legal proceedings against them ensue. Okay, And sometimes even if they're not successfully removed from office. So Bill Clinton, for example, was impeached but not removed. And then afterwards, he, he, he did face legal action and even disbarment for his unethical behavior, lying under oath, and this kind of thing. So, you know, but, but, but what can you charge the guy with? I mean, this, this, is a, this is a crime. And, I, you know, I mean, sensu lato, it is a crime against humanity what's being done on the southern yeah. border. And not just to the American citizens and the people of Texas and Arizona and so forth. It is a crime being committed against the people who are being victimized by the human traffickers. Yes. And the atrocities that they're committing, um, you know, rape and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, Bringing well, I mean, people in, in, it's common knowledge. So it is a crime, but what crime? Our system is really not configured. It's one of those things that's so outrageous and so beyond the pale. I honestly don't think the founding fathers, with all of their w- incredible wisdom and foresight, could have imagined a day such as this. I mean, the nearest parallel we've had have to something like this happening was when the Roman, the Eastern Roman Emperor Valens, back in the fourth century AD. Mm-hmm invited the Gothic horde that was pressing against the Dacian, you know, the eastern frontier of Dace, invited them to cross the Danube and settle in Roman domains. They had petitioned, they said, you know, the Huns are coming and we, everybody fears the Huns. And so we, they, they sought shelter in the Roman Empire and Valens basically by executive fiat said, okay, bring them all in. And he was regretting that not many years later when these same Goths claiming that the Romans were enslaving them and, yeah. and, and feeding them dog food and all the rest of this, or dog meat, I guess it was, um, rose up in rebel, rebellion led by a, an opportunist named Fritigern and in a, a, the Battle of Hadrianople uh, basically defeated the entire Eastern Roman Empire army, including the emperor himself who was killed in the fray and his body was never even found. So there's sort of poetic justice, but that's the last time that something this egregious has yeah. been done d- deliberately by people from within to a power as consequential as the United States. This this has already begun accomplishing, and there's various, uh, they're on record saying, uh, agreeing to some of this. First of all, there's the demographic change that it's going to cause. There's been, there's numerous videos of, of Democrats saying, look, uh, there's going to be a massive demographic change. Then there's Durbin on video saying that we should bring these people into the military. So that seems to be a thing. And then, of course, this is going to strain the resources for right now, straining the resources of states that are uh, welcoming these people 
uh, we just saw that California is going to allow, uh, I believe, uh, welfare benefits to them and whatever. So it's going to cause financial collapse. So this is going to cause a collapse. It's going to cause some sort. It's it's going to completely change the country and cause it to collapse. If not, at least it's going to contribute to that. Well, and that's the uh, you know this is this is from the point of view of the radical left, which which Mayorkas and company clearly represent. Okay, this is what they view as creative destruction. Okay, they're going to do away with the old order of things. They're going to destroy our civilization in order to erect something new and enlightened along the lines of the radical left's secular theology on top of it. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Next up, Gary and Peter discuss the latest edition of the Freedom Index. As a lumberjack, I've been cutting wood for decades. My job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood. I chopped the wood. My axe goes through every time. You remember when everyone bought all the toilet paper? And they wanted me to wear these things? And someone invested a lot of money into this stuff. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot, it's too cold. You know what? The weather changes. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Here's the news, Dad. Is it, son? Is it? What about this one, Dad? Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. There's just too much baloney out there. At the New American, they cut through the baloney and give me the truth. Visit thenewamerican.com and subscribe to get 50% off the cover price. And if you want an even better deal, use the promo code 10OFFSUB. Again, that's 10OFFSUB for more than 50% off. The New American has just released our latest edition of the Freedom Index. And joining me to discuss this is Editor-in-Chief of the New American, Gary Benoit, and John Birch Society researcher, Peter Rykowski, who has put, as my understanding, the lion's uh, share of the work here. Uh, thank you guys. And tell us about this. This is huge. This is one of our best tools. We talk about it all the time, uh, but we have the latest edition. Peter, did you want to start us off here? What, what, what did you guys get going here? Yeah, so this is, so we just released the second edition for the 118th Congress of the Freedom Index, which rates all the members of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate and rates them on how well that they're abiding by the U.S. Constitution in how they're voting. So we selected 10 votes in both the U.S. House and also the U.S. Senate, and uh, we put it together, and now the Freedom Index is available for anyone to uh, purchase, read, and also to distribute to others, including their members of Congress, to educate everyone about the U.S. Constitution and to highlight how members of Congress are voting. Yeah, yeah, I mean... um Gary, you you guys uh, you guys do this how often? How often do these things come out? Twice a year. Okay, so this yep. is a big deal, huh? Oh yeah, it, it really is, and uh, it can be a game changer too because uh, there's such a huge misunderstanding as to how congressmen vote because the rhetoric is one thing and the record is something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, but also, so far as I know, our Freedom Index is unique. Uh, in that uh, we're not simply looking at an ideology, uh, let's say conservatism per se, uh, is the, um, the basis for the Freedom Index. We're looking specifically uh, at the constitutional. Uh, is this particular legislative measure 
uh, something that is constitutional or is it something that is unconstitutional? Yeah. So that is our criterion. And then for every vote that we select for the Freedom Index, not only do we explain, or I should say encapsulate, summarize, uh, what that legislation is about, what the legislation does, but we also include as part of that description why we rate it as, as we do. So that makes every description uh, an actual miniaturized lesson in the U.S. Constitution. And that could be used, obviously, as a starting point to explain to people uh, the importance of the Constitution and to acquaint them with basic constitutional principles. This is probably one of the most important things that the John Burr Society does, isn't it, Peter? Yeah, it is. And, and as, as Gary mentioned, members of Congress, they'll often go to their constituents and they will uh, use rhetoric that the constituents really like, rhetoric that sounds very principled, no. that sounds very conservative. But then when they actually get to Congress and when they vote, uh, it, it paints a very different picture. And the Freedom Index is very unique uh, in lar- largely because of that, because it actually exposes how they're voting and so people can see past the rhetoric and actually see our, the, do, do their voting records match up to that rhetoric. Yes. And so how would people use this? Uh, again, we've gone over this before, but we can never uh, stress it enough. There, there are multiple ways that this can be used. Um, I remember one of our members last year, he sent a picture of him confronting Ted Cruz. I believe mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, there was an event. And as we understand it, he showed Ted Cruz his congressman's scorecard, which is obviously part of the Freedom Index. And Cruz's response was, well, I have some work to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways, right, is like we're not necessarily yes. asking. Uh, and by the way, this is nonpartisan as well, uh, right, because we mentioned Ted Cruz. He's a Republican. There's no partisanship in, in, this, sure. in this project or the John Birch Society as a whole. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought, brought that up, Paul, because uh, we don't select votes to make a uh, particular congressman look good or bad. And uh, the votes that we we do select are exactly the same votes for every single member of the House, uh, or in the case of the Senate, for every single member of the the Senate. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to add there, Peter? Tell us more about this. Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't benefit one party or the other or any, you know, it's purely based strictly on the U.S. Constitution. And so what members have been doing, they've... Uh, number one, as you mentioned, they've been going to the legislators or the members of Congress uh, up front, right to them and showing them their records. Mm. And that's been very powerful. And, um, you know, they can they have a benchmark then uh, to test how well they're abiding by the U.S. Constitution. It's been very powerful in influencing yeah. how they vote. Other members have uh, gone to the constituents because many constituents don't know mm-hmm. how their legislators are voting. And they've shown them their records, and that has yeah. uh, created a lot of public awareness of, you know, hey, you know, this congressman talks nice, but you know, he really doesn't vote according to the Constitution. So um, the, 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 these, uh, you know, the Freedom Index has, has been used very powerfully yeah. uh, in that regard. And, and we, obviously, we make it free for a reason. We make it available everywhere, but, you know, that might actually cause some sort of confusion. So we normally say you can find it uh, at a certain place here and there, but technically where can you find it and where do we 
tell people that you can go and get it. You can download it. You can print it. Uh, we have, again, if we had more time, we had all sorts of stories of members going to various meetings, like you said, helping constituents learn. They have, I've heard stories where they print them out. Uh, you know, if there's a legislator that's going to speak there, uh, our members will go and they'll come with their congressman, uh, their, their scorecard, and they'll put them, lay them out. You know, it's like, here's this guy's real record and, and whatnot. Tell us about where people can find this, uh, the, the Freedom Index. Yeah, so there are a few places. So one is thefreedomindex.org, mm-hmm. and a link to that is in the description below. Yeah. Uh, but anyone can go to that website. They can search at the very top the name of their member of Congress, and then once they uh, pull that up, uh, they'll see their congressman's lifetime record for every uh, session of Congress. And then there's a red button that says View Scorecard. And if you click on that, you'll see the individual uh, scorecard, yeah. which just simply focuses on them and that you can easily print out and distribute around your community to uh, really show what the records are. Uh, so that's one way. And then also the uh, Freedom Index in the latest issue of TNA. There you go. Yeah, that is available on shopjbs.org. Mm-hmm. And we also have a upcoming reprint yeah. for the Freedom Index. Right. Just that instead of the entire magazine. You can just get the Freedom Index. Right. Right, and on shopjbs.org. Right, and just to avoid any possible confusion, uh, when we refer to the Freedom Index, uh, we're, we're talking about a, a fairly significant document because it shows how every one of the 535 members of the House and Senate vote on 10 key issues. Mm-hmm. And so that would be available at uh, uh, Shop uh, JBS. Yeah, we'll have a link or, for that or, or, in, the, in the description. Right, we'll as have well. a link for that. But uh, we also have uh, spinoffs from that, and that includes the, the congressional scorecards that Peter's talking about that zeroes in on the voting record of a single legislator. Yes. Uh, and that's available for free uh, in the form of uh, something you can download and then you can take to. Uh, uh, you know, you can go to a photocopy or a printer and and uh, reproduce additional copies. And like you guys also mentioned, let's not overlook the fact that it's in the latest edition of uh, the New American, right. thenewamerican.com. If you don't have a subscription, you better get one because that's right. one of the many things that are in there that we need to know about. You're up. And I do want to mention, too, in the few seconds we have left, uh, that for this uh, current uh, uh, index, uh, Freedom Index, that's in the January 15 issue, that the average score in the House in that index is 33%. And the average score for the Senate is 34%, uh, which is tragic when you consider that every member of the House and Senate take an oath to abide by the Constitution. Terrible. So we really need to get this information out. Our lawmakers, on average, adhere to the Constitution 33% of the time. One third. That's is that one less than one third? I believe about one third. <laughs> yes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. Remember to visit thenewamerican.com for more truth behind the news. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence proclaims God-given rights, and we intend to protect them. Working with people like you for over 50 years, preserving freedom and building a better tomorrow, safeguarding the Constitution by limiting government power. We are restoring liberties, educating voters, and leading the freedom movement. 
Join with us. United, we will defend our rights. We are all Americans. We are the John Birch Society. As a lumberjack, my job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Visit thenewamerican.com for real news you can trust.